So that's a disappointment, uh, especially for, for JK, for us, for JK. Our hearts go out to him. Uh, it's very challenging because he worked so hard. He was so prepared and he was so ready to go this year and so excited to go and such a big part of our plans. Well, Coach Harb said it best. We'll get it over with off the jump while we talk about this game against the Washington football team. We'll be remiss not to talk about J.K. Dobbins' season-ending ACL injury, which is disappointing for the team, the fans, J.K. And I think the most disappointing part, other than, you know, obviously the, the impact of the team um, and, and, you know, just overall J.K. is just like the story that will never be told. Like, I was so excited for his sophomore year. I know we all were. And uh, just to see the growth that he had, the work that he put in the offseason, will he be the pass-catching back that he was trying to be? Um, we'll have to wait a year for that. And, you know, we obviously wish him the speedy recovery. And it just it breaks my heart that he won't be a part of this team because I think everyone knows it's special. And, you know, maybe it's not correct to say he won't be a part of the team. I'm sure he'll be participating in any way that he can. But... Not to see him on the gridiron is going to be really upsetting. Yeah, it's a huge bummer for all the reasons that you said. He seemed extremely excited, more so than than <laughs> I think a lot of players on the team for this season, um, putting in a lot of work on the off season. And uh, yeah, it just reminds you of Jamal Lewis, his second year of the league. His injury was a training camp injury. I know there's some questions as to well, should Dobbins have even been out on the field for the last preseason game? But I think he just got a chalk that up to bad luck i mean he only played one series it was only the second carry of the game and just freak sandwich in between two players just football happens and those injuries happen and you know we send our best out to jk hopefully he can still be a huge part of this team and cheering on his teammates and you know hopefully he can stay mentally strong through recovery which is i'm sure this is extremely difficult for him emotionally and mentally and, and he can hopefully get through this and come back an even stronger player because aside from Lamar I think he's the most electrifying exciting player on this offense uh, with all due respect to you know Marquise Hollywood Brown as well those last couple games of, the, of this regular season last year when he was really hitting his stride we saw some spectacular runs out of him that they're just like the most exciting runs you saw from a Ravens running back since the heyday of Ray Rice. So big bummer, but what's good news for the Ravens as a whole is it's next man up and they already have a plan for how to replace or, or how to at least alleviate this being as big of a hit as it could be. I was talking to correspondent Kfish today and we kind of discussed the fact he disagreed with me, but I said I think Dobbins is the number one starter I would like to lose if I had to choose one person to get injured because I think we're okay. I don't like discount us anymore. Obviously, like, JK's a better player than anyone there. You can't say that we're not losing something, but I don't think we're going to lose enough, per se, to be too, too worried because I'm really high on um, Tyson Williams being able to uh, mix in there with uh, Gus Edwards. Hill just found his way onto the team. He stopped sweating. And, uh, you know, hopefully we see growth out of him. I don't have as much confidence there. But I do think between Tyson and, and the Gus bus, we'll be fine. In fact, I'll, I'll put it out there right now, hot take. I think Tyson could be the 1A by the end of the year, which I don't think anyone wants to hear. Uh, I think people think I'll cra- I'm crazy, just being like a Gus hater. I'm telling you I'm not. That's just how like excited I am to see this player get more of a role. I think we might be surprised. And um, yeah, I mean, we'll see. I think just his pass blocking um, is pretty solid. I just think he has like some nice wiggle to him. I could see him performing really well and surprising us. And not to say that Gus can't do awesome things too. I'm not like, this is not a knock on Gus. It's just <laughs> like confidence in Tyson being interesting. Like I, we, we might be surprised. This could be not that bad. And um but this is probably the position group that we can weather the storm the best. Kayfish said wide receiver. I agree with that. But if you told me we had to lose Hollywood or Bateman or Watkins, I wouldn't like that that much. You know, I mean, I don't like losing Dobbins either, obviously. But like, I feel like you kind of need all of them for them to all succeed. I think they're kind of important. 
Maybe Watkins. Maybe maybe you lose Watkins. You're going <laughs> to lose him anyways, Mr. Injury Freak. <laughs> yeah. I guess we'll just have to see how the season plays out. One thing I think will be interesting to see is that you saw in the beginning of the season, and really the the end of the season as well, was just how much the Ravens utilized Dobbins in the red zone. Um, you you th- th- thought it would have been Edwards because Edwards is slightly bigger, more power back. But I think don't think Dobbins is that much smaller than, than Gus. But the shiftiness that Dobbins had and was just really great within the 10 yards from the, the, the goal line. Will Gus be able to, to replicate that? We'll have to see. They've never really used him as a red zone back. Uh, last year was his highest rushing total touchdown with just six. Maybe Williams takes that role. I guess we'll have to see. But I don't want to discount Dobbins or like try and say like he wasn't important to the team, but I do get what you're saying. Like a player like Dobbins on this offense, when you have Gus Edwards and you have Williams and you have Lamar Jackson, Dobbins is kind of just like the the whipped cream on top of the, of the Sunday, right? It's like he's the home run hitter, which is a big part of it, but you've still got the meat and potatoes guys there. So, I mean, undeniably, this rushing attack would have been a monster this year with Lamar, Gus, Dobbins, and Tyson Williams. But, you know, injuries happen every year. In football, you saw the Rams had that happen with same thing happen with Cam Akers. They're not going to have him this year. They're going to have to figure it out. But again, we're looking at how good of an organization that the Ravens are. The Rams arguably are in a much tougher position of how to replace Akers. Whereas the Ravens, like I said, we're not even missing a beat with, with what they're going to do. So yeah, it sucks for Dobbins, but for the team as a whole, I don't think anyone is thinking this changes the their predictions for what the Ravens are going to do this year. Yeah, it's weird. It's so weird to talk about it that way. I think, you know, JK is one of the best players on the team and we're we're talking about like oh, but we can, but we can lose him. It's just, it's a very odd spot. It just shows the depth we have. So, yeah, I mean, I guess I should stop drafting these kind of guys. Like I drafted Dobbins <laughs> everywhere I could. I drafted Acres. They're all getting broken. Uh, like I should just <laughs> everyone I touch is getting broken. <laughs> or, or just stop drafting in July, you know. I only drafted one thing in July. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, it's just like literally I drafted Acres or not Acres, sorry. Um Dobbins like just last week. You know, he had one one game to get through. But it's okay. The thing that kills me, so the conversation comes up and I we're not going to talk about it too much I don't think, but like the whole preseason thing. Peter said it well. Like you can't you can't protect him forever. Everyone's like ridiculing Harbs for playing him in the preseason and like ah like you ruined him. But I'm like okay, if he gets hurt on the first drive of the Raiders game, we're less prepared for it going into the season. We may have made a cup we didn't want to make. And like, because we, we were talking about this being like the, that, that running back group as a cut point, right? You make a cut you don't want to make. He gets hurt the first game. Like, Hill's on a different team now. Uh, you know, like, it actually could have been worse. <laughs> like, I'm not saying, like, you know, assuming that he was going to get hurt early in the year because, like, you know, bad luck happened to him. Like, he was due. <laughs> like, you know, it's just... <sighs> They have to play eventually. Like like you said, the the Lewis injury, no one was boohooing the fact he was practicing. Right? Like <laughs> right. they were like, oh you know, Bill, like, why'd really you run him out there. <laughs> they really should not practice. <laughs> like, I mean, it's football. People get hurt. It sucks. Injuries suck. But you can't be like too, you know, turned over the axle about this. Like, I get it. I think there's a conversation to be had. Maybe they shouldn't be playing anyone in preseason. Maybe they overcorrect next year and like no one ever sees the field except for all the back end guys. Like who knows? But you know, they're going to play eventually. They're going to get hurt eventually. Injuries happen every single year to this team. Like it's, it's a miracle if people don't get hurt. And yeah, it's just, I don't know. It, it kills me that like narrative is just so annoying. Anyways. Yeah, I, I chuckled a little bit listening to the Harbaugh interview. Where it was just like, yeah, you know, we're we're really not playing. You know, he was trying to push back on like the fact that you know, hey, look, we hardly play the starters. We play the starters less than we want to, and still, you know, sometimes injuries happen. Like they played Lamar Jackson just one series in this whole preseason. Granted, okay, the first preseason game he wasn't even eligible to play in yet. I think they did the best they could with the starters and and making sure that the guys were in situations where there was the least amount of a chance that they would get hurt. I think you got to look at it that way. (laughs) Oh, totally. 
Yeah, Andy Reeves playing Mahomes for like a quarter or more, and no one's saying anything crazy. I mean, maybe they're they're beat writers and fans are are talking about it, but like you know, no one was too upset there. And then you have us who like you know last year or you know two years ago we had preseason there was four games they played a quarter you know like they played a way 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 more <laughs> and no one got hurt and no one cared <laughs> you know <laughs> like it's just people are so dumb sometimes like it just kills me like you gotta take the emotion out of it we all hate this happened <laughs> but if you just like think about it logically like they did it a lot less you kind of should be happy it just got bad luck <laughs> oh man all right let's talk about the defense Let's let's get back. We'll get back to the offense. Let's let's go talk about the defense a little bit. I tell you, man, what a defense! Only gave up three points against the Washington football team. I mean, you could argue they weren't trying because they never played any of their stars really. But like, it doesn't matter. We also barely played our stars. We played them for a drive, and they didn't even score. <laughs> they already missed the field goal. <laughs> like, that's thirty-seven points worth the backups, bro. <laughs> Hey, yeah, I mean, you know, you can't p- control who you play against, but yeah, you're exactly right. The Ravens' depth, the incredible depth they have on this defensive team was on full display against Washington, and yeah, they put on a dominating performance just like they did the first two preseason games. Yeah, totally dominating, suffocating. And uh, I think, you know, we just look at it, Nigel Warrior had a huge game. He made a huge reason to be on the team. And we'll talk about a 53-man roster if he made it. Um, but he was flashing all over the place. Dalen Hayes, I tell you, man, that dip move is going to be a signature of his, it seems like. I think the Ravens got more than they thought out of Dalen. Maybe they were really high on him. But it seems like the overall fan base is very impressed with what he's been doing. Yeah, he he looks like he was the first-round pick rather than Owe, with, which is no disrespect to Owe, because I think he's looked better than some uh, beat writers have given him credit for. But... I mean, OA looks like there's still going to be some things he has to work on, um, unless the Ravens are just hiding how they're going to actually use him once the season starts. Because he's looked good, but, you know, not overwhelmingly good in the preseason. But, yeah, like you're saying, Hayes has made plays in every single preseason game this year. He's made plays against the run. He's made some pressures against the pass. Uh, He's going to have a role on this team week in and week out when the season starts. I, w- I would be shocked if if he's, you know, standing on the sidelines in, in sweatpants and they're not activating <laughs> him for games. Like, he's he's ready to play now. Oh, for sure. I think the thing with Hayes, too, is I remember people saying, like, he was pretty polished and, like, you would see his, his floor very quickly, uh, but he didn't have that high of a ceiling. So maybe that's the case, but I think his floor is higher than we thought already. Like, he's already playing better than people, I think, thought he would. And I'm excited to see him play against, you know, like first team people and like we'll see how he actually fares when he's really getting out there, um, you know, against the the true pros. Overall, the first team defense looked looked good. You know, you had that uh, third down blitz. Queen was going right through like untouched and he showed that patience like he didn't just go like he had a little bit of hesitation before he went and just got after the quarterback using those pure athletic skills of his Um Really, really great. Uh, you know, you saw the extension from Peters to, like, you know, get in the way of the pass. I mean, they just look like themselves. Like, you know, oh, sure, they had a couple gains here and there, but when it mattered, they shut it down, and that was it. Punt happened. Yeah, and I think that's that's really what you want to see from this team. Like, they didn't have to put in their full effort, and they still made sure that no points were on the board. So, you know, they're ready for week one. Um, the coaching staff you know, on this team, they've got them ready, which is no surprise. So, you know, it's going to be exciting watching them against that Oakland offense on Monday night. Yeah. One of my coworkers was like, Hey, I have Herbert and Carr. Is there anyone I should play for week one in their fantasy league? And I was like, first of all, it should almost always be Herbert. Second of all, Carr's going against the Ravens. He's going to be on his ass. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, their own line's been completely shuffled. And when our defense is ready, (laughs) like, (laughs) we're going to be going out to the sack total for that game. (laughs) Like, (laughs) they'll be out for blood. Yeah, I'm not worried about that. You know, it's still four and a half point, dude. The line's still four and a half points for the Ravens. They're going to crush that. I'm I'm in. I was already t- I was ten dollars in like a month or two ago, but it was at four dollars. It's gone up a half point, dude. I need to put more on it because like, there's no way. Like I'm so confident they're gonna win that game and they're gonna win big. Like Harbaugh's teams won like what five consecutive uh, first 
games of the season and like the the scoring margin is absurd like remember that that bills game <laughs> they're like one like 43 to three <laughs> like yeah i mean i think i think it's gonna happen again i think the raiders are not gonna see what's coming they're gonna be their heads are gonna be spinning and we're gonna be just scoring points yeah i haven't seen how, how have they fared in the preseason so far <laughs> so the raiders in the preseason they won the first two and lost the last one yesterday against the 49ers so uh barely snuck it out against the rams beat the seahawks I don't mm-hmm. know. Only our wins are legitimate in yeah. the preseason. Everyone else is like they're completely random. Ours are ours are purposeful. <laughs> it looks like <laughs> Nate Peterman took every quarterback snap for the entire preseason for the Raiders this year. If I'm looking at the box scores correctly. So they're doing the same thing where they're just not playing their starters. Interesting. Yeah, this preseason has been weird. After a year away from it and only three games, it definitely seemed like across the league if you're going to play your starters it was the third game so they basically treat it as if the fourth didn't exist which is really quite interesting to me but i guess um that just shows like the fluff of the fourth game and that's why they cut it yeah i always wondered how much the fourth game really did matter because they always talked about you know oh it's the guys who are on the roster bubble and are they're having their last chance to to show what they can do in the nfl but i mean i, I guess you're getting some more game tape for for your teams who are going to pick up some of the guys who are cut. But I think usually by that fourth game, in almost all cases, like the teams knew. The teams knew who was going to make the team and who wasn't. Like they, they had all a training camp and three preseason games. Like the fourth one was just kind of, there really wasn't much point for it. Yeah, we'll probably get into that when we talk about our uh, our 53-man roster later. Like even though we just said, you know, these players popped or like, you know, these people look good in the game. Doesn't mean they made the roster, right? Like right. it doesn't mean it's really changed. Yeah. yeah. I think that's, that's a great point to bring up right now. Like would one, you know, we're, we're talking about how there's some questions in the, in the secondary with some of these young guys about who's going to make it, you know, would one more preseason game really have put any one of these guys is like, Oh, he's the clear one that they got to keep. You know, I, I don't, I don't really think that's the case. I think you've probably seen enough. Yeah, you would think, right? <laughs> like, you know, they, they, they live it day in and day out. I mean, I know the games are different, but, I mean, they had those uh, practices with uh, the Panthers. Like, those, I think, are valuable, too. Um, so, as far as the bad, interestingly enough, I felt like uh, Darius Washington had some poor tackling, and I found him out of position a couple times. He just seemed, like, not quite as sharp as he normally is. And um, I also said that Stone... It seemed like he wasn't able to finish some plays I thought he should have been able to because of his, like, lack of speed. And I'm, like, wondering, like, you know, he played a lot in the second half. I was like, oh, they're not as good players. Like, ah, uh, is this going to be an issue? And I, I'm I'm really, to be honest, like, I mean, w- w- giving away here, like, the Washington Warrior-Stone debacle is, is a head-scratcher. And we put together a 53-minute roster between the two of us. I think we're going to – I'm thinking maybe I change it. I'm, like, as I'm thinking through it, I, I think I'm changing it. <laughs> in my head but like we'll, we'll present what we did and then you know we'll, we'll talk about how that's like kind of a huge question mark anything else for defense or yeah i mean i think the only other thing to, to say about the defense is uh just defensive line once again was stellar no surprises there <laughs> got great depth there yeah and we've talked about it for a couple episodes now but um washington's really stepped up and i know we like you know just like chris said last episode like Hey, you know, he had that offseason thing. We thought he was going to be cut in moments. And it seemed like it kind of went away. And he's still here and he's playing well. So he was a fringe guy coming into the offseason. But he's definitely proven himself this preseason and, and making the roster. Or so we think. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go to the offense. So we did see the stars. And what did we see? Instant click, right? <laughs> Like they were moving the ball, like they were moving the ball. The Lamar to Andrews connection was in midseason form. The offensive line looked like they actually knew what they were doing. Like it was kind of hilarious. Like you know, all these concerns of like, oh, the offensive lines haven't played together. You know, maybe I know Washington didn't play some of their stars, so like not a full thing. But they looked good. Like Stanley looked like himself. He looked solid. Good mobility. Power started at left guard. Uh, we'll see how that goes into the starting of the season, and. Yeah, just like the offensive line looked good. The protection looked good. None of the wide receivers are there. Despite playing the starters, what we have? We had like Duvernay, Prochet, and like I think Kane was out there. I think he missed a catch, right? Uh, or something like that. So, yeah, like they were just uh, – they were jiving. So, I 
I'm really excited to see it. Like Hollywood started practicing today. This is Monday. Like he was practicing today. Um, I think we're not going to see Bateman. I'm curious to see when Watkins comes back. It should be any day now. I think if they're serious about him being available. So yeah, I mean, I'm not too worried about the first string offense. I, I think once you put Lamar in there, it changes the game. They have to pay attention to him and it makes the whole rest of the offense click. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, I, I do think in pass protection, the, the offensive line could have done a little better, but you know, at the same time, like we're saying, they're not going out there 100%. Like they were just in there to get a series, to get their feet wet, you know, so that when the season starts in Vegas, it's not just like, oh, now here's time to play football again for the first time since <laughs> the Bills game back in in January. But um, yeah, it looked still looked way better than what we saw in that first game against the Saints. World's a difference. Um, you know, hopefully Ben Cleveland can come back, but... At the same time, I think that Powers has shown improvement throughout the preseason from, you know, his disastrous performance in the first game. So if they have to start Powers or, or Phillips over Cleveland, we still really haven't seen Cleveland. All we have to go off of is the scouting report and, and the and what's been seen in camp. But I think I think the line is in a in a really good place, especially from a run blocking perspective. Yeah, Cleveland played in the second half, but at that point, you're playing some guys that might be the future of gym teachers of America, so it wasn't completely as uh, you know, pronounced. It feels like Powers is going to win the job. I'm just keen to see like how sticky they are to that. I feel like they don't want to be sticky to it, but if Powers doesn't give a reason to lose it, I don't know. It's very interesting. You know, I just don't know how it's going to play out. Yeah. Yeah, I have heard some reports that, that Cleveland... Um, has had some difficulties in camp with athleticism and he's his body's a little stiff but that also could just be you know him getting ready to the nfl and maybe thinking too much so the left guard spot is probably going to be something we're looking at all season long and you know maybe they do end up rotating the three of the of those guys and by the second half of the season one of the three of them has solidified as the week in week out guy because you gotta remember you know with the 17 game season I think we're going to see teams, you know, experiment a little more early on with, you know, a little bit more time to make up for the playoffs if if you do lose a game early. Yeah, the workload problems definitely one to keep an eye out this year. Not that 17 games, I think, changes the equation dramatically. Like, you know, it's a small percentage, but I think it's because there's a change. It, it you know, excited an opportunity to think about these things differently, right? Teams are like I feel like NFL teams are very set in their ways, and they're very they're very hard to like pull out of their their normal kind of cadence and stuff. So mixing it up with the seventeenth game might actually like give them a reason to think like should we do these things this way? So it might be a a good mixer. Prochet fans all around got very excited. He finally put on game film. He got some catches over the middle, and then obviously mossed the guy and got the touchdown. And, you know, taunted him, which, by the way, the fact that they threw taunting on Wallace and not uh, Prochet, ridiculous. And I would honestly say the fact that they called taunting on Prochet, like if they would have called that, come on, like this game's not going to be any fun. (laughs) It's just like, let them celebrate. Let them be like, yeah, I just beat you. Like, I don't know. I'm all about stomping on the logo at the Titans, you know, like I'm all about like, it's just fun. Like. I, I I don't really understand what the league's trying to do. I mean, unless like a celebration is like prolonging the game, I guess. I I, I don't know. I don't know. Peter, Peter, let me ask you this. I think this is a real question. So like you have a son, he's young, he's like growing up in the world. Would you want to see a professional fo- t- football team like tell off their opponent because they dominated them? Would you want him to see that? Is that the kind of behavior you want him to embody? Like, I feel like that might be the only question, like, here. Like, oh, what about the kids? You don't want them to just be, like, doing that. And I'm like, I kind of do. Like, it's just, it's a game. It's supposed to be fun. <laughs> like, <laughs> you, you should, you know, kids, kids make their own decisions. Like, you know, you, you show them that and you'd be like, you know, okay, what, what would you do in that situation? And then the kid decides. Like, you don't need to program them to, to show them what they need to think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I just don't get it. Like, I just think like they play us they play a game professionally 
Like, they don't need to come in suits and jackets, you know? Like, I mean, I know sometimes they do away right. games and stuff, but, like, they don't I, need to, like, you know, like, what is this? What is this? I don't get it. Just, just let them have it, fun. Leave it up to the team. If, if, the, if the team wants to, you know, have a more buttoned-up approach, great. If the team wants to be, you know, like the 2000 Ravens and have swagger, let them have swagger. Like, it's just the, having the refs police what the teams can and can't do is just, uh, but it's what we're going to get, so. yeah hopefully just for this year remember like it, it got like so draconian and then they had like the conference with like ocho cinco and like other other known uh celebration artists <laughs> like to like discuss oh, yeah. like maybe they should adjust the policy and like this shouldn't be a discussion oh, just the, let them celebrate know, the celebrations <laughs> were legendary joe horn <laughs> pulling out the cell phone steve smith wiping the the football changing the diaper i mean <laughs> Yeah, the sharpie between the pads of the you know the goalposts. Right. Like, this is great we, stuff. We this still is... remember the. I haven't I haven't thought about those in forever. And you know you bring up the great wide receiver touchdown celebrations that are considered taunting. Now I'm just like man, I can rattle off so many of them right now. They were great. They were classics. They were so much fun. Like <laughs> remember when they used to talk about like what their next touchdown celebration would be? Now it's like oh they have to worry that it's going to be controversial. Now it might be taunting. Like. Who cares? Who's making these rules? I want to know who's making the rules. I want to kick them out, and I want to put the Ravens recap crew in charge of it. The league would be a lot more fun. Ravens would go through the roof. <laughs> I just didn't know the Quakers had so much uh, of a pool still in the league office. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Anyways. Yeah, <laughs> Let's get back to football. Tyler Wallace looked decent. I mean, a decent plus. You know, like, he looked good. He got his touchdown, a few catches. Uh, Duvernay snagging bullets from Huntley. I tell you, Huntley doesn't mess around when he throws the ball. They come in like zingers. And uh, Duvernay was catching them. I thought overall he showed a little bit more this game. And uh, it felt like, if anything, they might have been showing a little bit more of the playbook this game, just like somewhat using their guys. I felt like they weren't really trying to use them before, and they, they were going after it this game. I was really excited to see them expand the route tree that, they were, that Duvernay was running. I mean... He was running slants and curls and stuff we didn't see him do much, if at all, last year. Because last year they really just had him in that, you know, jet sweep and occasional deep threat role. And, you know, he didn't really thrive much in that because it, it's really limited, really limited what he could do. And I think we really saw in, in this game what the Ravens saw in him when they drafted him. Like, Again, we know that this was against, you know, Washington's second string. But if they're able to to build on that, like, I could see DuVernay having a, a really good year as, as a number three target, or sorry, number three wide receiver on this team. But, like you said, Prochet also showed some really good flash as well. So that'll be interesting to see. Like, is, is DuVernay going to get more targets or is it going to be Prochet or are they going to, you know, depending on the game plan, might, uh, you know, DuVernay have a better matchup against the Steelers defense? I don't know. Just throwing that out there as an example and Prochet, they really like what he can do against the secondary against Cleveland. I mean, I think if they're able to kind of, you know, game plan it that way and then you can throw Tylen Wallace into the mix as well, that's a lot you can throw it at. A defense that defensive coordinators have to prepare for even if these guys might not necessarily be like huge game breakers like they still got talent and they can still do some things i think it's really intriguing what the ravens have there with those three when we we're doing the 53 man roster i made a quip saying like you know man these wide receivers are good like our last guy we put in was wallace not you know not because he was like last or anything in our heads and i was like i think wallace is gonna surprise people this year i think he's good and I remember um, Matt Waldman, like, I think rated him as, like, his fifth or sixth number wide receiver coming out of the draft. And as a reminder to everybody, like, I think there was at least six that won in the first round. We got him in the fourth, right? So very exciting. I think it's super interesting thinking about this team. Like, I, I was watching the film, and they do these, like, three wide receivers, a tight end split wide, and a running back in the back. And I was like, sometimes they would motion the tight end to get him in, like, a position worthwhile to block. But I was like if you're not going to run that play, like, I know you're trying to, like, you know, surprise us, but it was so stupid where the position, like, that's not a good place for a, a blocker, you know, <laughs> for where the play's going. 
So I was thinking to myself, like, why wouldn't that be a wide receiver? Maybe we'll start playing a wide receiver there. Maybe that'll be Duvernay. Maybe that'll be Prochet. Maybe that'll be Tyler Wallace. I don't know. Like, you know, maybe you move Hollywood in there and you have Tyler Wallace on the right side because that's the only place he can play. Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah, there's all these these things that you can consider. And I think this wide receiver group's good. I'm not worried about missing one or two guys going into the season, which is a possibility, because I think there's depth there that can be competitive. And we haven't had that in a while. You know, like this, it feels really good to say, hey, like the wide receiver room was a, a place of, of a battle, right? It was a contention. People had to choose, like, you know, make the team. It wasn't just like, oh, well, uh, I guess he's our least worst guy. Like, it wasn't like the least worst. It was like, oh, he's our best guy. Like, you know, they're all good. Um, so really, really some progress from the wide receivers. I mean, that's what happens when you draft two every single year. You kind of fill up the room. So, yeah, very good. And um, I don't think these players are are busts. You know, even even the players that are busting the most, I don't think are like complete busts. They're not the worst. So I think the Ravens should be proud of what they've done so far. And we're only going to see more once Bateman's healthy and once Wallace gets more touches. Yeah, so let's talk about Huntley. Like, he played after the first drive. He threw four touchdown passes. All the boys were, like, hyped up about him. Uh, Prochet said that if he was wearing number eight, you wouldn't know the difference. You would. I, I, don't, I don't buy that. <laughs> yeah, well, he had a good game and all, but I don't buy that. Like, <laughs> I could tell the difference. I mean, the way they throw the ball is different. There's a lot of things different. <laughs> but um, whatever. Uh, yeah, he, I mean, he looked good, though. I mean, he definitely seems like he's growing each game. Like, this game, he looked better. Like, remember last last uh, show we were talking about? Like, I was like, ah, he's just replacement level. And, um, you know, he's not. Like, no other team would want him. I kind of still stand by that, but he looked better. And, like, you know, if he keeps growing, I mean, he's a young guy. You know, if he keeps growing that way, you know, maybe next offseason when we see him, we're like, yeah, like, maybe he could play somewhere. Maybe he's better than Jalen Hurts. Could be. <laughs> he definitely could be. He very well could be. <laughs> I mean, his, his accuracy isn't great, and neither is Jalen Hurts's right now. He always throws a zinger, and when it's right there, it looks great. And when it's not, it looks like he just completely overthrew you because it's like so far gone. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, I think consistency on his throws is the biggest thing he needs to work on. But yeah, like you said, he's shown improvement, and let's not forget he had a, a rushing touchdown as well. So let's not, you know. Let's not take away from the fact that he had five <laughs> touchdowns in that game, but also at the same time, like that's what you want to see from your your backup quarterback in that position where he was playing the backup defense. You want him to dominate in that situation. So I'll I'll go back to my analogy that I used when when Chris and I were were going through with the the Saints game. The backup quarterback is is like you know the research you're doing for car insurance and i think with with huntley we got the premium deal we this is the the, <laughs> yeah. the big deal you, you want excitement outs back from side of lamar but we're hoping that we don't need to see huntley on the field at all except in fourth quarter mop-up this year <laughs> that's right gosh we can only pray i tell you like i don't see any more injuries they just they just they're so heartbreaking they're just so heartbreaking for the players and we already talked about it just ah. Uh, Damn it. <laughs> Thomas was our guy, man. I, th- I turned around him so quick. I had diatribes about him. And now nothing this year. Ugh, I'm going to miss you, buddy. You know another thing that sucked about this game, Peter? What's that? Verity blew his uh, fourth round, maybe third round, and maybe even first round value. He missed a kick. He's done. He's worthless now. <laughs> <laughs> one kick. Oh, man. It was a short one, too. Well, he missed that one, like, full stop. Then he got tipped. And then you missed that one too, obviously. Oh, I forgot about tip. the tip. Yeah. Yeah. So like, uh, there are two tips. Like, uh, unbelievable. What's going on with these kickers? Like, <laughs> you don't see two tips like all season long. You got two in one game. Unreal. One for each team. Yeah, that, that was a bummer. I because it was like we just lost Dobbins for like the year. You know, the the, the drive falters out. I'm sure they were all like, you know, they had their minds in other places. Verity comes out there, he misses the kick, and I'm like, I'm done. I literally stopped watching. Like, the game was still on, but we had some company over. I spent more time talking to them and just interacting. I watched the game later that night. <laughs> I watched it on Game Pass. I was like, I, I don't even care anymore. <laughs> I'm just so disheartened. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was not not uh, not ideal, man. You get that gut punch right at the beginning, and it just dominates Twitter, dominates your head. It was hard to hard to enjoy much of the rest of it. I found a way the next day. 
that that's what I did. I, I so with me. So I thought the game started at seven instead of six. So we were putting, you know, my son to sleep, and that he we that's around seven. So I go down around seven fifteen and turn the game on, and it's what is it like midway through the second quarter? And I was like, oh, I guess I missed a bit, and so I was like, oh, I already knew I had to rewatch some of the game, and then shortly into that something happened on the offense and the announcer said that's the happiest we've seen the offense we think since uh since Dobbins went down earlier in the game and I was like what and I saw the news and I was like oh and it killed my it killed my desire to watch the rest of the game I I, I turned it off watched a movie and and just and watched it the replay of it next day (laughs) (laughs) you're probably both on game pass the next morning just like watching it that's what i did i mean man it's because it it, if you really think about like that's what wins and losses are in preseason in reality i know that the ravens won the score but man it's like you're really playing against injuries so it's like it's kind of it's kind of a loss in a way even though it was only one injury (laughs) yeah just like last week you know we LJ Fort, man, we miss you. Like, I mean, it made our our depth at middle linebacker so much less appealing. Like, it's definitely the biggest question mark. Everything else has depth. Every single position group, otherwise, we could have cut somebody, right? We were going through it today, Peter. Like, we were just like, you know, oh, you can cut this guy. Oh, we don't. Ah, this guy's on the fringe. I'm middle linebacker. Middle linebacker. We would have had all the guys we had there and Fort. And now we don't. Now we don't. But like we said, that's football. That's why the Ravens have this depth. It's because injuries are going to happen every year. And so now I guess that's a good time to transition and talk about that depth that they have, who we think is going to make the final roster. I guess we'll start out at quarterback, and I think that one, there is some discussion there, but I think we have a pretty good idea of what's going to happen there. Yeah, man, we talked about it. Lamar and Huntley, just two quarterbacks. We're going to cut McSorley, and then maybe he comes back on the practice squad. Um, I don't think he's one of the, the switcheroo guys, to be honest. I think at this point, you know, you just you ride Huntley if you need him. You find a guy off the street if you have to, if McSorley is no longer around. And you, you cry that Lamar's hurt. Like, I, I, this team's really good. They're resilient to injuries. I'm not saying if Huntley had to play, like, they're completely out of it, but they're almost out of it, right? Like, you know, then, then you don't know if you're going to beat those better teams, right? I just, I don't think it's worth losing some of the other guys we're talking about here. So for that reason, McSorley's out. Yeah, I agree with that. If something were to happen with Lamar, you know Huntley can run the option. You know he can do. you can continue to do everything that you were doing in the run game and the RPO without any issue. You are going to have to make some changes and, and pull some plays out, pair the passing game down a bit, as we've discussed with his accuracy issues. But... Yeah, but with McSorley, uh, he's a competitor. He was an intriguing guy for the Ravens to look at at the backup position. Um, but the athleticism of Huntley over McSorley is, you know, it's very noticeable that who's a better athlete is. And while McSorley does a lot of things fundamentally well, I just don't think it's enough for him to be a better fit in this offense if Lamar went down than Huntley. And plus, he's going through the injury too. So I think that, yeah, the Ravens will probably cut ties with McSorley. Someone else will probably pick him up, at least as a practice squad guy. I think he's shown enough for that. But, yeah, I agree. I think it's just going to be Lamar and Huntley this year for the Ravens. Moving on to the running back position, as we discussed, sadly, Dobbins will be on IR and will not count towards this position group. But the Ravens are still have a solid group here with Gus the Bus Edwards, the presumed starter, uh, Tyson Williams had an excellent preseason. He's played his way into being a lock for this position. Um, he was probably a lock even before uh, Dobbins went down. Justice Hill saves his spot due really in no part to his own, really, um, just because Dobbins got hurt. And obviously Pat Ricard is going to still be there as the fullback for this team and have a huge role in this offense. I do think the one interesting thing, though, there will be if the Ravens do decide to cut Hill in favor of a vet guy, maybe, you know, maybe not necessarily Ingram, because while he might get cut by the Texans, he might have also just, the Ravens might think he's he's done as well. But I think that's the only real interesting variable still there in with that position group. Yeah, I would love to see Ingram back. 
Like, I think given the people there, I'm like, oh, maybe he is, you know, now, now worthy of carries, right? He's like, <laughs> not so much with like, it's more so like the scenario where like Tyson or um, Gus the Bus gets hurt. I think he's better than Hill is what I'm getting at, even at where he's at right now. Um, or like, I just would like prefer him. But yeah, you know, Ricard made this list, not Mason. I think uh, the news kind of came out between the last show and this show that Ricard had a surgery this this offseason that may have put him in jeopardy, such that I think that's why Mason was picked, because they didn't know any better back then, and now he looks fine. So I think Mason might be able to sneak through waivers. I don't know how many teams are really looking for a guy like him. So not too too worried about it. Because they've had, like, <laughs> there's so many other picks they could have had there, like from a developmental tackle perspective that's pretty much is what i'm getting at that may have made this team but then again like you look at the the offensive line that we'll get to soon it's like there's not really that many spots there's like one person maybe i would have switched but it's like not great so it's hard 53 man cut downs are hard yeah especially when we're just gonna say it again this team has a lot of depth so (laughs) so next up we got wide receiver we kept six we had Hollywood, Watkins, Bateman, Prochet, Duvernay, and Tylen Wallace. I don't think there's much to discuss here other than the fact that Miles Boykin's out there, and I think they IR him. I think that's coming soon. They're going to put him on the IR and just hoard him for a year. <laughs> I mean, Don't worry about it next year. Yeah. Because, I mean, Watkins, Watkins only had a one-year deal, and honestly, like, if Bateman comes in you know, this season and, and shows what I think he might be able to show and – you have either Prochet or Duvernay pop off or Wallace, any, any of those guys. If any of them show promise, you don't need to re-sign Watkins. And you have Boykin back there. Maybe you draft another guy. There's a competition. But you give Boykin another year. He might be able to finally develop these coaches. I don't hate that option at all. So, like, you know, I'm not the first person to say this. I know the Situation Room has been talking about it. But um, putting Boykin on the uh, IR would not surprise me at all. Yeah, and I think it would be a good move. Like you said, it's you do bring up a good point that he, there's an, a new... We've talked about how there's the new wide receiver coach here and how that's really going to help the young guys. And Boykin, he's obviously very valuable as a run blocker on this team, and he's got the physical skills. If they don't have to cut him, then, yeah, stuff him on IR and, and see if next year he can finally put it all together because... When you've got someone with those physical tools, if you can teach him how to play the position, then he can still be a valuable contributor to this team. But yeah, for this year, like you said, Watkins, we don't know if he's going to be more than a one-year rental, just a patchwork guy until you know we get more consistency out of Hollywood and Prochet and Duvernay can, can make the next step. So yeah, agree with what you're saying there. And I think those six will be the guys who, who make it one thing I did want to talk about the receiver group, though, what are your thoughts on on Victor and if he might be a practice squad guy or if he's shown enough in the preseason that some other team's going to pick him up? Yeah, people have posted about him. They're, they're suggesting that we'll re-sign him if we do some IR maneuvering. I don't think he's uh, ever going to be a player in this league of any any real value. I, I'm, I'm you know I hope he does for his you know career and stuff. I don't want to be you know, limiting this guy, but I, I just, I don't see enough out of him to be like, yeah, like we need to keep him around. I think there's so many other players that are more interesting. Um, so that's just me. I agree with that. I, I agree that, you know, I wouldn't take him over any of these other guys, but I, I think he could make it as, as like a fourth option on some team and, you know, have a couple games where he could break out and, and make some plays. I, th- I thought he had a pretty solid preseason myself, but Definitely, you have much more upside here with Prochet, Duvernay, and Wallace. So I'd say that the only way he would make the team, I think, would be as a practice squad guy if the Ravens even felt like he was worth that look. Oh, for sure. I think there's a couple guys in the wide receiver room that could make a practice squad here or elsewhere. I'll say that the, the bar is raising. Um, we're not having enough wide receivers retire or just go out of the game at the rate of which good wide receivers from college are coming in. The college game has been really good about providing good wide receivers the last couple of years. There are like lots of them and, and they're good. I remember like Hollywood's class was like the best class of wide receivers ever. Then like last year's class was the best class of wide receivers ever. And then this year's class was like the best. Like every year, the last three years has been loaded with wide receivers 
And like, I'm sure next year they're going to be like, oh, yet again, <laughs> like all the wide receivers. I mean, maybe I'll be wrong. Maybe next year, like the wide receivers aren't great. But like, it seems like at least the last three years have been like, oh, it's a really good wide receiver class. And they just keep saying that. <laughs> so I think, yeah, I think the game's changing yeah. uh, in the college game and it's reflected now in the pros. So what you're saying also is that this is a great year to start a, uh, a dynasty league. You could say that. It is a good year to start the Dynasty <laughs> League, and all, all three of us are, and we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> we're trying to figure it out. It's a salary cap league with, like, extensions and stuff, so it's much more complicated than just drafting. Like, you know, you just draft, you're like, oh, let me pick, like, good players that might be around for a while. And this is, like, salary cap. We're trying to figure out, like, how we want to structure it. I mean, it's, it's very cool, but it's very difficult. All right. Let's go to tight end. This is different, man. I didn't think when we were talking in, you know, all offseason that it would go this way. Uh, we have four tight ends. We said, you know what? It seems like Boyle's not ready for week one. Perhaps they do the IR move. But because of that, we think that they keep Tomlinson around. Obviously, Mark Andrews makes it. And we just think Oliver has had too much success to, to cut him. It does cost us. Cost us a pick. But the Ravens are hoarding picks this year, so who cares? Like <laughs> that was the joke when we sh- we we haven't even talked about it. We traded uh, Sean Wade, and <laughs> and I was like, the cost of we have too many players. Uh, we'll give you one player for two picks. <laughs> <laughs> now surely he'll maneuver these picks. I, I I'm not thinking like you know. I think it's just to him capital. Um, but yeah, it was just like kind of hilarious to me. It's like oh, we're loaded. I need two players for one. <laughs> Hey man, whatever works. Um, yeah, I think I think Tomlinson did really well as a blocker this uh, preseason, and he even got showed off his hands in that last preseason game. Got a touchdown grab in there. Uh, and Josh Oliver, I, I think he looks like what we thought he could look like. You know, so far, a competent receiving tight end. Like we said, he needs to get a little more aggressive. But there's upside there. There's upside there. And as a third tight end, you're looking for him, like we said, to get somewhere 15 to 20 catches this year. And, you know, just stretch the defense for the other guys open. So I see no reason why he can't do that role. I think he's shown it. And I think the coaching staff is high on him and he should make this roster. Yeah, for sure. And like we made the numbers work like it was difficult. But I think like the team's balanced. They're not like too shallow anywhere where you're like, oh, we done goofed, you know. So I think it's fine. Moving on to offensive line. We have the starters, the five starters. I put Cleveland when I was typing it up, but I'm assuming it's going to be Powers. So Stanley, Cleveland, Bozeman, Zeitler, Villanueva, Powers, and we had McCary, Phillips, and Bredesen. So not too creative. Um, <laughs> it's kind of the guys you might have thought. I thought Schofield had a chance of making the roster, but they cut him already before the show. So, I mean, maybe he comes back some way as a practice squad guy or whatever, but yeah, it's uh, that's it. Those are the guys. And I think it's fine. Like you know, tackle depth's not great. You got Phillips there, Powers, McCary, and Cleveland are all like interesting middle guys. And Bredesen played well. I think he'd be the backup center at this point. Yeah, I mean, I think that's going to be exactly what they do. Um, I think you, you said it great. That Sheffield was the only other guy that you could maybe consider there, um, but since they already cut him. I think it's just going to be those guys. So, yeah, we had 25 people on the offense that we kept. I know on Twitter there has been tat about, like, 26 on the defense and 24 on the offense. And I think that cut would have been one of the tight ends. Like, looking at this, I don't think you cut any further. So you're talking about maybe letting Oliver go or Tomlinson go in order to get to where you want to go there. But I think you keep them. And I think you're able to do what we did here, keep basically everybody on defense. I think everybody, like legitimately almost everybody. And you do some maneuvering with the waivers. Like the defense is where you have the veterans that you can cut and bring back on those little sweetheart deals. And I think the Ravens do it. So let's let's get into it. Defensive line, Campbell, Wolf, Williams, Matabuke, Washington. Yeah, I mean, those first three, the vets, uh, those are obvious locks, Matabuke, had a great rookie year, continued to show some great flashes this preseason. And then Washington, as we mentioned, really saved his, his career this uh, this uh, training camp and preseason with just showing a lot of improvement. He's definitely going to be a force. Um, 
And this position group is also where we get to the first of our cuts. Um, we cut Justin Ellis in this case as a designated to be signed back because, again, he also he's a really good run stuffer and adds depth there. And definitely see the Ravens keeping him back here. Yeah, I think you're right, Peter. I mean, I mean we did this together, so you know we, we we agreed on it. I think that makes sense. And like, let's say that's Boyle, right? Like, you take the Boyle cut, and um, you're down now. You're down to 24 on offense, uh, essentially, and you say, okay, now we're at 26 with with Ellis. So that's that's how they do that. Outside linebacker, we had Oa Bowser, Houston Hayes, Ferguson, and Smith. That was interesting. I think Smith is another fringe guy. He definitely showed up this preseason and kind of made a case for himself and same thing with Ferguson. We were worried, you know, he might not make the team. He seemed like he really kind of proved himself these last few games and, and made a point to be on the roster. And it makes you feel really good saying like Ferguson and Smith are our last guys on the roster. I remember when they signed Smith, I didn't think he was going to make it, but he played well. And you know, we did some work with the, the numbers and we made it work. I think he stays around. And, you know, who's cut? McPhee. McPhee's cut. And uh, McPhee's going to be here. <laughs> Don't worry about that. Uh, th- but they'll resign him. Um, another, another sweetheart deal guy. McPhee will be resigned. So, like we said, Jimmy Smith, his injury would allow the Ravens to be able to sign McPhee back. And McPhee is a guy who has a low chance of some other team coming in and scooping him up. So th- that's probably what the Ravens will look to do there of those guys. Right. So, and I think that's kind of where some of the maneuvering stops. And then we'll talk about like, then you move guys to practice squad, right? Hopefully Smith, I mean, I would love if he doesn't have to go to the IR, but it's starting to look maybe like he will. And um, with a guy like him, I'd rather him just get right than try to rush him back. We have a lot of depth in secondary as we will discuss. Yeah. I mean, and you're, you're building for the postseason, So, I mean, Get well, Jimmy, because we'll need him late. I mean, because late in the season last year, Jimmy Smith was one one of the best corners on the team. I mean, especially in the playoffs, like he was locked down, locked in and loaded against Tennessee and Buffalo. So that's what you're looking for, Jimmy. You want to get him right so that he's ready for those those games in December and January. So, yeah, I think that the Ravens will will take it slow with Jimmy Smith. Yeah, like this team is good enough, man, to suffer a couple injuries and just or like a couple guys just not like even being there. Like like you were saying, like like Dobbins, like you know, he was like a the whipped cream cherry on the Sunday. Like a lot of these defensive guys, like I just like we could just like put them on ice and just be like, we're saving you literally for the postseason, right? Because you know they just like don't um, don't burn through them. We have right. so much depth; it's great. Just send, just send Campbell to the Bahamas and have Matabuke take his position until October. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I mean, but like, yeah, like legitimately, right? Like just limit their snaps, good rotations, keep everyone fresh and healthy, and like this could really work out. So middle linebacker, this is where it's thin. We had Queen, Board, and Harrison. My rationale is that I think Welsh finds his way back to the team and will be relevant at some point this season unless somebody else picks him up. But that's that's my thought there. I think they can get away with three. I think if one of them gets hurt, they just go into more lighter looks. Like, they just want to have as many linebackers on the field, and that's fine. Yeah, I, I think that might have been the plan to begin with going into it. Chris Board, you know, he's he's been solid for the team, but I, I could have seen them cutting him and, and just going with Queen Harrison and Fort um, if Fort hadn't got hurt, so... Yeah, I don't yeah. think too much more to talk about with that position group. I think that's, yeah, that's probably pretty much exactly what they're going to do. So now we get to the part where it's really going to be interesting to see what happens with cuts in the cornerback and the safety position. So you have Peters. We talked about Jimmy Smith. Marlon Humphrey's a lock. Uh, Tavon Young is there, hopefully healthy and ready to go. Anthony Averitt is probably going to stick around. But then you got Westry and you got Stevens. Stevens is probably a lock as well with them giving him draft capital. But, you know, as we saw with Wade, that maybe not might not mean everything this year. <laughs> and then in safety, we have Clark, Elliott, maybe Washington, or maybe Stone. We're not sure. 
That one is... Well, we have both of <laughs> them right now. We do have both of them right now. And, and Nigel Warrior could play safety as well. He had some looks there and corner. I think Stone didn't get too much attention when he got cut. He did play better this offseason. But I think if you wanted to play the game of which one of these guys can come back, I don't know. Stone and, and Warrior are pretty close, right? Because, like, who can you bring back to the practice squad? Because my thought is this. With these cuts... I think the secondary is where you stash away and then protect some of these these guys so that you can make room for the other players that you're bringing back uh, in the other position groups. I think that that's where you do it. Because, like, realistically, like, when's Westry going to play in a game, right? Like, we're already running when, when Averett's going to play in a game, and he's good, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know? So, like, when's Westry going to realistically play in a game? Staying's thing with Stevens, like, it's going to be interesting finding him snaps. I'm sure they will. I think they're going to do rotations and stuff, but it just like, you look at this, the secondary, you're like, my God, it's so good. But you, you like you saw with the injuries, man, I'm not getting rid of any of them. You know, I'm going to try to figure out a way to have all, all of them and, and through attrition, we'll need them all. So yeah, obviously like left out on this list was, uh, Anthony Levine, co-cap and, uh, he can come back. You know, you can do the same sweetheart deals with him. So I think it's worth doing that and just assuming like he won't go elsewhere. And then we have the Wolfpack. More Tucker and, C- and Cook. That's it. That's 53. What a cut down. <laughs> it's, it's not easy. Tacosta had it hard. Maybe that's why he went down the, on the sideline that game. <laughs> he was like, how many people do I have here? They're too good. <laughs> hey, it's a good problem to have, man. This... uh this team is is stacked. This is a stacked roster. This team has Super Bowl potential. We'll see what happens when the games are actually played. But man, it's crazy that it's football season again. It's feels like we though the time's gonna go so slowly till we get to that kickoff, man. Because we're just so ready for it. We're so pumped. But it's gonna be worth the wait because this. I think we this is gonna be a special season. Always got to believe it. Always got to believe it's going to be a special season. But, I mean, you look at this roster and just, like, how can it be? Yeah. Uh, Peter, let me, let me, let me throw, let's throw this out there to end the show. Okay. It's really hard to do in some position groups, so I'm not going to say, like, full on. But what if the Ravens field just their second team players? How good would they be? So you have Huntley, Tyson Williams, uh, we'll say, like, Bateman, Prochet Duvernay, Wallace right? You cut down the two. You have uh, Mason as fullback instead of Ricard. You have, um, let's just say Thomas and Oliver. Thomas and Oliver, and then you have like Phillips. This is the offensive line where it gets scary. You have like <laughs> Phillips, Phillips, Cleveland, uh, Bredesen, some other schmuck, and uh, some other McCary. schmuck. Like the, yeah, McCary. Like it, it, it gets complicated offensive line. That's why I was saying like, ah, you can't quite do this, but yeah. like, catch my drift here, right? Um, and then you have uh, on defense. Let's say you had like Matabuke Washington with like uh, what are we saying here? Like Owe Hayes and Ferguson. Uh, we'll say like Harrison and Board playing them with like Averett, uh, Stevens, Tavon, Westray, and Stone. Like they're probably better than like Detroit Lions. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It's like they're they're interesting just with their second team. I think I think if you insert the starting offensive line in there for those backups and put in one of Peters, Humphrey, Clark, and Elliott, I think you you still you still beat the Raiders in Week One. <laughs> that's crazy. Like, I, yeah, I don't think I don't think it's even just being fanboy. Like, it's just like that's that's nuts. Like. <laughs> That's a good place to be in. You know, you can get some injuries, and they will happen. And they won't all be season-ending, but they'll be a couple weeks, and this team should be resilient. Yep, it's just really down to these guys executing. Um, we saw some issues with that. If we remember the first half of last year, the offense just was just kind of out of sync, but they figured stuff out the second half of the year, and they played Buffalo tough. They played Buffalo tough in that game. Sure, the offense wasn't great, but neither was the Bills' offense either. That game really just came down to that that botched snap, um, and that just then it just the Ravens just couldn't come back from that. But yeah, I the talent's there, 
it just, it's just going to come down to how this team executes and, you know, how far ahead that they're going to be able to stay ahead of injuries. That's all we can hope for. Well, we'll be uh, all in unison again. I know this off season or this, these preseason shows have been a little topsy turvy. Chris will be back for our Raiders preview and uh, yeah, we'll have like our Raiders preview. I guess we haven't done that yet. We'll, have to, we'll schedule that. <laughs> uh, that's, that's the show in between. <laughs> I was like, do we have, a, we have a show? Oh yeah. Raiders preview. And then we'll do the Raider, Raiders recap. So um, yeah, we'll be back unless there's anything crazy that happens in the next few weeks. Maybe do like a 53 man reaction and then just go into the Raiders. So uh, that'll be our next shows. Thanks so much for listening. Make sure to follow us on Twitter, Ravens underscore recap, or email us, feedback at ravensrecap.com. We really enjoy doing the show and uh, always enjoy the interactions on Twitter. Now it's it's go time, baby. We have the longest wait of any team. We gotta wait till Monday night, but I think it's gonna be worth it. Go Ravens! <laughs>